you need parts, O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Saskatchewan crop report is out and we'll tell you where the province stands when it comes to harvest as well as the East Central District. Also, not many years ago, the vast majority of canola crops were swathed ahead of combining, with pod chatter resistance becoming common in canola varieties. Straight cutting has gained popularity. We'll speak to an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada on that. Two organizations want food companies with innovative project ideas to come forward to meet a growing demand of plant-based food and ingredients. We'll hear from the CEO of Protein Industries Canada, Bill Gruel. And, of course, we had week six of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We went out to Ituna last night, and we'll hear from our winners coming up on today's program. All of those stories and much more on today's edition of Saskag Today. Welcome back to Saskag Today. According to this week's crop report, Saskatchewan farmers continue to make excellent harvest progress. Mackenzie Ladoon is a crops extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Absolutely, producers made the most of another dry week in Saskatchewan this past week with harvest now 82% completed. As consistent with what we've seen this fall, this is ahead of the five-year average of 64% and the 10-year average of 62%. Producers are really hoping for timely rains once harvest is completed and those combines are put away for the year. She notes some areas are further along than others. Harvest in the southwest is essentially completed with 97% of the crop off for the year. Only a few flax acres remain in the region. The West Central region continues to make great progress with 92% of this year's crop harvested. The Southeast is 79%, followed by the Northeast and Northwest at 75% completed. And finally, the East Central region has 66% of harvest completed. Ladoon tells us which crops are being taken off right now. Producers are mainly focused on harvesting oil seeds this past week and have made substantial progress. Canola is now 65% completed across the province, up by 23% over last week. Mustard is now 97% completed, soybeans are 47%, and flax is 39% completed. Oat harvest has also made progress, or rapid progress this past week, with 79% of the crop harvested, an increase of 21% compared to last week. Durham is now 94% completed, barley is 92%, and spring wheat is 88% harvested. Chickpea harvest has also progressed with 87% of this year's crop off for the year. Harvest of fall cereals, canary seed, peas, and lentils is completed for the year. She adds some areas of the province received some rain last week. Minimal rain was seen this past week, and the southern area received the most rain at 10 millimeters. The lack of significant rain led to topsoil moisture once again decreasing. So 25% of cropland has adequate topsoil moisture, 49% is short, and 26% is very short. 20% of hay and pastures have adequate moisture, 49% are short, and 31% are very short. 
As for pasture conditions... Pasture conditions remain relatively unchanged. 12% of pastures are in good condition across the province. While 31% are fair, 35% are in poor condition, and 22% are in very poor condition. Producers will need multiple significant rain events to improve soil moisture for pasture quality to improve and have better pastures next year. Ladoon notes there was some crop damage reported over the past week. Crop damage really continues to be caused by drought conditions and grasshoppers. This week, crops were also damaged by light frost in the north, wind damage, and wildlife entering the fields for feed. She outlines what producers are up to this week. Producers are currently busy with harvest, spraying post-harvest weed applications, working their fields, and hauling grain. Many are also hauling bales, preparing feed for winter, and marketing cattle. And Ladoon is reminding producers to be careful this harvest season. Of course, harvest is a very busy and stressful time for producers. They are reminded to take safety precautions in all the work that they do, and this includes having fire mitigation resources at the ready, taking precautions when working on power lines, and also blowing off their combines at the end of the night. The farm stress line is available to producers to make calls toll-free if they're feeling stressed, because of course, mental health is safety, and safety is mental health. The public is reminded to take precaution and give extra time and space when encountering machine on the roadways to make sure that everyone comes home safe at the end of the day. Mackenzie Ladoon compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. As September winds down, Ice Futures Canola is poised to either climb higher or fall back. That's according to analyst Errol Anderson, president of ProMarket Communications in Calgary. That movement will largely be determined by the direction taken by November soybeans on the Chicago Board of Trade, which currently has support at $13 U.S. per bushel. Anderson says that the beans can fight off $13 and get back up to $13.50 U.S. Then there's a case for the canola market moving up too, noting the Canadian oil seeds November contract could then reach $760 to $770 per metric ton. But he says if the soybeans do break $13 U.S., then suddenly the trading range is down to $12.50 to $13 U.S., if that happens, then canola will go down into that $700 to $725 range. CN Rails says its crews are responding after 14 rail cars loaded with potash derailed near Rayleigh, B.C. Spokesperson Scott Brown says there were no dangerous goods involved and no leaks, injuries or fires reported. It's not clear what time the train derailed, but witnesses have said it happened between 7 and 10 Wednesday morning. This is the second train derailment in the Kamloops area this month and comes after five rail cars carrying fuel went off the tracks east of Ashcroft on Labor Day Monday. India will face a little difficulty in securing potash from foreign suppliers despite a diplomatic row with Canada. Industry and government officials say potash supplies from Canada have been steady. Ties between India and Canada deteriorated sharply after New Delhi and Ottawa expelled one of the other's diplomats in a dispute over the murder of a Sikh separatist leader in British Columbia in June. The worsening relations raised concerns over the potash supplies from Canada. 
India is a leading importer of fertilizers for its huge agriculture sector, which employs about half of its 1.4 billion people and accounts for nearly 15% of the $3 trillion economy. The top Senate negotiator of the United States' largest farm spending package is looking to get the bill done in December, three months after the prior farm bill expires on September 30th. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, says the delay was a matter of crafting a practical bill that would garner support and require compromise from both Republicans and Democrats. Neither the House nor Senate has yet introduced their version of the Farm Bill, which is passed every five years and funds farm commodity, nutrition and conservation programs. Passage of the Farm Bill is often delayed due to negotiations over nutrition programs and other spending. This year's bill is expected to cost more than $1.5 trillion U.S. over 10 years. Romania will work with Ukraine over the next 30 days on a grain export control plan that will help protect Romanian farmers. Romania is among five Eastern European Union countries along with Bulgaria, Hungary, Poland and Slovakia that saw a surge of Ukrainian grain imports after Russia invaded Ukraine. This distorted local markets and prompted farmer protests, leading the EU to approve curbs on Ukrainian grain imports while still allowing grain transiting elsewhere until September 15th. Poland, Slovakia and Hungary announced their own unilateral bans on Friday, prompting Ukraine to file a complaint against the three states at the World Trade Organization. Ukraine has proposed to the European Commission, the EU executive and neighboring countries an export control plan for four groups of crops wheat, maize, sunflower and rapeseed to protect local markets. A U.S. judge has barred Kraft, Kellogg and other major food producers from showing what the court called shocking and heart-wrenching videos of conditions inside certain hen houses at an upcoming antitrust trial against egg producers and marketers. In a ruling on Tuesday, the judge in Chicago said the risk of unfair prejudice against the egg producers and marketers by showing the graphic videos was extreme and outweighed any minimal value in the antitrust litigation accusing them of curbing domestic supply in order to charge higher prices. Kraft and the other plaintiffs wanted to play the videos at the trial next month to bolster their claim that an industry-wide animal welfare initiative announced in 2002 was a sham and actually part of a broader scheme to restrain the supply of eggs. And that's today's Ag Review. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's partly cloudy and 21 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. But first, it's time for the livestock market conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 184.97 today. That's down 180. December live cattle closed at 189.50, down 202. 
October feeder cattle closed at 257.77, down 280. November feeder cattle closed at 262.70, down 287. October lean hogs closed at 82.95, down 282. December lean hogs closed at 74.47, down 375. And that's the livestock market conditions. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Not many years ago, the vast majority of canola crops were swathed ahead of combining. With pod shatter resistance becoming common in canola varieties, straight cutting has gained popularity. Here's Sean Senko, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada, out of Saskatoon. Well, it's been pretty steady over the the last you know few years. It, it saw a big uptick. Um, you know, a, a number of years ago, probably four or five years ago, when straight cutting really took off. And um, I'm hearing more. There's a, a bit more spotting issue, maybe with the variability out there. Uh, I wouldn't say you know it's been a big swing in acres, but maybe a bit more than the last couple of years. Any idea what the split is in swathing versus straight cutting? It's hard to pin down, but from a survey we did in 2022, um, we had 66% of growers um, straight cut some of their canola, and then 32% of growers straight cut all of their canola. So, you know, just a mix between the two. In the often dry brown soil zone of southwestern Saskatchewan, swathing canola is rare, but some producers in other regions still prefer to swath. Senko says pod shatter resistance continues to improve in canola varieties, giving producers the option of straight cutting or swathing. Yeah, we've, we've definitely seen um, you know more and more um, varieties for each company um, actually having um, some sort of pod shatter um, tolerance to it, and um, you know some companies are to the point where almost all their products are have a pod shatter rating. Um, we've de- we developed a rating through the WCC um, program a few years ago now, so. Um, you know, almost every variety is rated to to give an idea. You know what what its um, how its tolerance is. How is that rating determined? Each company um, does their own uh, rating. So there's a scale provided with um, a couple check varieties on there, and then they rate their varieties in comparison to the the two check products. And it's um, a one to nine um, scale rating. Senko says the use of pre-harvest products for crop dry-down varies from year to year and from area to area. Sean Senko is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada in Saskatoon. He spoke with Kevin Hirsch of saskagtoday.com. Commodities Update. U.S. uh, Make That Canola Futures closed down across the board again today. November canola closed at $7.25.30, down $10.80. January canola closed at $7.35.30, down $9.80. December Minneapolis wheat closed at $7.67.5, down $0.16. December Kansas City wheat closed at 7.10 and a half, down 18 and a half cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 5.75 and three quarters, down 13 cents. December corn closed at 4.75 and a quarter, 
down seven cents. November soybeans closed at 12.93 and three quarters, down 26 and a quarter cents. December oats closed at 4.19 per bushel, down 17 cents. And that's the commodities update. Two organizations want food companies with innovative project ideas to come forward to meet a growing demand of plant-based food and ingredients. Protein Industries Canada and Innovate UK are offering $20 million for collaborative research and development projects that can help diversify protein options in the world. CEO of Protein Industries Canada, Bill Gruel, says they're looking for specific projects. I think one that I might highlight would be um, an example where we have an ingredient manufacturer in Canada. In Canada, we're developing new and novel ingredients because of the diverse crop mix that we have here. And so those ingredient manufacturers are always looking for new customers, both in Canada but also in export markets, because uh, we'll need to export the vast majority of ingredients we produce here because we produce such large volumes of them. And many companies around the world don't know how to use Canadian ingredients because they're unique, either the, from a functionality perspective or from you know the taste and texture that they provide. So this collaborative innovation could look at a project where we've got a plant-based food company in the UK that's looking for new and novel ingredients from Canada. And so a project could be where they're using Canadian-based ingredients and looking at creation of new products for the UK market. He adds companies from Canada and the United Kingdom can submit an expression of interest to them. Yeah, we do need partners from both Canada and the UK. And so the the joint projects will be developed together with um, uh, kind of research plans from both sides of the company. The Canadian side will be co-funded through Protein Industries Canada, and the UK side will be funded through an organization in the UK called Innovate UK. When a company gets approved, Gruel explains the next steps. Yeah, so we've got a team of people here at Protein Industries Canada that can do a couple things. They can help connect you with UK companies that might be a good fit, and they can also help you develop the whole entire R&D project. And so I think the first step would be to reach out to Protein Industries Canada and, uh, and we can get companies set up with uh, the development of a project and probably more importantly in this case, connections with UK-based companies. The call for projects is the latest endeavour of a working relationship between the two organisations. It includes both sides taking a turn sending a delegation of companies to Canada and the UK. A British delegation was at the Protein Industries Canada AGM in Edmonton last week, among other places in this country. And in a week, we're taking uh, seven Canadian companies back to the UK as part of this joint R&D collaboration. We're taking over a number of companies that are both ingredient manufacturers and have innovative technologies in the plant-based food space. And we're touring a number of different food innovation centres and we're attending a conference called Future Food Tech, which brings together the alternative protein and plant-based food sector in all of Europe together in London. And so we're really exposing our Canadian companies to all the opportunities that exist from a collaborative innovation perspective. So we'll be in the UK for a week with a number of Canadian companies making connections. And as for the UK's delegation that visited Canada last week? Yeah, it, it was great. And so it wasn't just that Protein Industries Canada, they kind of started out in uh, 
they've, they've toured a lot. They went to the food center in Saskatoon. They went to the food center in Leduc. I think today they're actually off at the University of Guelph in Ontario. And uh, what we hosted in conjunction with our annual general meeting, which was a matchmaking opportunity. So we had about 30 or 35 of our member companies here in Edmonton uh, talking about innovation in the plant-based food space and making connections with those EU, um, sorry, UK-based companies. So the feedback's been very, very positive. Like I say, there's a lot of a joint interest in the work that both countries are doing, and it's uh, a really great opportunity for collaborative innovation. Expressions of interest are being accepted until November 1st, and all projects must be completed by March 31st, 2026. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. Week 6 of the Harvest Edition of GX94 Supper in the Field took us to the Clayton Kents and Shania Keen Farm near Ituna last night. After supper, I spoke with them about their farm operation. Since 1996, I took over the family dairy farm, and in 2015, we were done milking, and this is my eighth crop we put in after that. So, yeah, eight years of one crop and of one thing and 19 years of another one. So what did you seed this year? Uh, wheat, well, first of all, fall rye, barley, wheat, and uh, canola. And we're in a wheat field right now that you're straight cutting? Yes, yeah, this is, we're finishing up wheat uh, for this year. We've got about another 65 acres to do and our wheat is done. And how have uh, yields been so far for the crops that you have combined so far? Very, very good. Very happy with everything. And yeah, I, surprising with all the less rain that we had this year that we've got what we've got. So yeah, no, very, very good. Haven't touched any canola yet. That's the big one for us. So, mm-hmm. Is it going to be ready to go once the wheat's done or is it going to have to wait a little bit yet? No, we're going to have to wait about a week before we could. Uh, so we have a little bit of oats and uh, yeah, well, uh, another week for canola. Excellent. And Shania, I know you were the one that called in for supper in the field. Uh, what did you think when I called you? Oh, I was very surprised. We've entered for years, um, both of us in spring and fall. So, yeah, I was really surprised. <laughs> now, I understand you guys have been making plans for if you ever did actually win supper in the field. Is that right? Yes. So the, the joke was every Tuesday to clean the shop so we could have supper in the field in the shop. Um, but, yeah, it's a beautiful night. So it was nice to be able to actually have it in the field. Yeah, it was good. And it was good that you were able to get lots of friends and family out here. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are combining, but they figured they might as well shut down because they have to eat anyway, right? That's right. Yeah, we've got all of our neighbors and we've got some family. So, yeah, it's really good. Our agrologist is here. And, yeah, just all of our close friends and family are here. It's nice. And anything else you wanted to add, Clayton? No, uh, just thank you to GX and the Chalet and... uh all the other sponsors. Yeah, all the other sponsors and family and friends for coming out. Well, good luck uh, with the rest of your harvest. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's Clayton Kentz and Shania Keen from the Ituna District. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are LDC, Gowan Canada, Milligan Bio, Jump.ca, Maple Ag and Outdoor, Farm Credit Canada, Sask Milk, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. It's time now for the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, 
Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Increasing sunshine, winds east-southeast at 10 to 15, and a high of 21 degrees. For tonight, mainly clear, winds east-southeast at 10 to 20, and a low of 5. For tomorrow, sunny, winds east-southeast at 20 to 35, a high of 20, with an overnight low of 9. For Saturday, mainly cloudy, with a 50% chance of developing showers, winds east at 20 to 35, gusting higher, and a high of 21. For Sunday, a 50% chance of spotty showers, a high of 19, and Monday, mainly cloudy, with a 40% chance of rain, a high of 22. In the Paw, it's 19 degrees, Swan River and Dauphin 21, Brandon, Show Lake Russell, and Roblin 20, Regina, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head 19, Saskatoon 18, Hudson Bay, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington 20. The Yorkton, Melville region has a partly cloudy sky, an east-southeast wind at 5 kilometers an hour, 38 percent is the relative humidity, the temperature is 21 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. SaskAg Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.